Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen, in this corner, from the University of Colorado, 30 years in the ring, fighting for truth, justice, and the American way, Dan Kaplis. In for Dan Kaplis on this Friday edition of the Dan Kaplis Show. Here's truly Ryan Schuling alongside Janice Heil taking your calls today, pinch hitting. For Aaron Keller. So we have two backups in place. Hopefully the roster depth, like the Denver Broncos, will be uh, usable, suitable for regular season play. We'll take your calls throughout the program today on this Friday. Any topic you want to discuss that's been in the news or just something that's been on your mind, you can share with us, 855-405-8255. One more time, you can program that number into your smartphones, or even if you have a not-so-smartphone, 855 405 8255. Where to begin? Well, President Joe Biden addressed the country today, understanding that his wag the dog effort of the COVID 19 vaccine booster shot the other day was a complete and total lead balloon that led nowhere, that did not change the news cycle, which he anticipated or perhaps hoped. And that hope was naive. We've seen a lot of naivete from Joe Biden from his entire administration top-down, from his communications core, counsel, Jen Psaki and others, this has the feel of a rank amateur presidency when, of anybody entering the office, you would have thought even a dementia-addled, dementia-riddled individual like Joe Biden, with nearly 50 years of experience in the Beltway, in Washington, D.C., as a United States Senator, as Vice President of the United States, you would think he would at least have a team around him, people behind him, that would be able to give him sound advice and counsel in real time that he and, again, his closest circle of advisors around him would be able to sort through, make policy decisions on, and be able to pivot. And that's the word I want to focus on today is the inability and the utter failure of President Biden to be able to pivot when facts on the ground change, when a worst case scenario presents itself and happens, and to be completely caught off guard the way that Joe Biden has been. And there's no other explanation that really explains this other than that, other than he naively hoped and pinned his presidency and credibility on the fact that the Afghan army would hold, that the Afghan government would stand tall and firm, and at least maintain itself for a period of time, lasting longer than days. But he goes back to that excuse again today in his speech. 
There's only so much I can say to kind of paint around the margins here. I want to give you the straight scoop, let you make up your own minds, allow you to call in with your thoughts. And again, especially if you served our country in any capacity, overseas in particular, with our military specifically, if you served in Afghanistan at all over the last 20 years, or you have a family member who did, I want to hear from you. 855-405-8255, and just get your thoughts as to what you're observing. And the one image that is burned into my mind right now, and there are many, I mean, there are so many, and they're so awful. Obviously, the Afghanistan men holding on to the wheels and wings of a departing aircraft and then falling to their deaths, that's one. But the image of the young infant being handed by the infant's mother to American servicemen over a barbed wire fence to get the baby into the airport so it could receive medical attention, which reportedly it did. That one's burned in my mind right now. The level of despair, chaos, uncertainty, fear, terror that these Afghani people are feeling right now Think about this. Their nightmare, at least temporarily, largely came to an end for the last 20 years. There are women right now in that country who are 20 years old that would have no memory in their lifespan of Taliban rule. And now that's in place. That's restored. So what do they do? Who do they turn to? Who can they count on? Now, you're going to hear from a lot of libertarians. I put myself in the category of libertarianism with a lot of my political beliefs, feelings, and leanings, you're going to hear a lot of, well, that's not our problem to solve. We're not the world's police. We don't owe the world a thing. We were there 20 years. It was time to get out. That may all well be true, and I may agree with it in large part. However, however, to depart in the manner and fashion that we have with absolutely no clue what we're doing, throwing good troops now after bad ones that have been removed and taken apart, withdrawn from the region. I just can't quite wrap my head around the lack of planning, the lack of execution, the lack of forethought, the lack of wisdom from anyone in this administration based on the facts on the ground, what we're seeing right now. We're going to start with the president's own remarks. And again, we'll have you react to them in real time on your own. I don't think any one of us can see these pictures and not feel that pain on a human level. Now we have a mission, a mission to complete in Afghanistan. It's an incredibly difficult and dangerous operation for our military. We have almost 6,000 of America's finest fighting men and women at the Kabul airport. 6,000. How many were there when Joe Biden pulled the plug on the entire mission? Numbers ranged anywhere from 2,500 to 3,500. Now we have 6,000. And he's trying to tell us it's better? It's not. And we're putting their lives on the line, and they're doing it in a dangerous place to save other Americans, our Afghan allies, and citizens of our, our, our allies who went in with us. What? You know, I, I, talk, I talk to our commanders on the ground there every single day as I just did a few hours, an hour or so ago. And I made it clear to them that we'll get them whatever they need to do the job. 
They're performing to the highest standard under extraordinarily difficult and dynamic circumstances. Again, we've heard this time and again from President Biden, his fogginess on numbers. This is, again, a sign of dementia, of not having a grasp or a concept on time, on numbers, on percentages, on days. With George Stephanopoulos just the other day, he said, that was four or five days ago, and it had been two days ago. Now he can't remember whether he had a conversation with our military commanders on the ground in Afghanistan. Was it an hour ago? Was it several hours ago? I don't know. It all blends together for me now because my brain's made of pudding. So he announces to the world, and again, think about who this message, this visual, these optics are meant for. It's for us, the American people. It's to reassure us. But the most important message he's communicating are to our adversaries. That could be Russia, that could be China, that could be Iran, and it definitely is the Taliban itself. And he enters the arena here in the East Room once more with several of his highest level administrative staff, the Vice President of the United States, the Secretary of Defense, the Secretary of State, and they're wearing masks. And it's like, why? What are you doing? Why are you even projecting this image out there? It has nothing to do with COVID. You're virtue signaling in the middle of an absolute crisis on the ground in Afghanistan in real time. Don't understand the mask thing. Looks stupid. Projects weakness. And you can say whatever you want. Like, oh, they're responsible. They're, they're conscious about saving lives. This press conference had nothing to do with COVID. The masks are a gimmick. They're a distraction. They're theater. That's all they are in this case. They're all vaccinated. They all work amongst each other. I'm sure they're in closed quarters with one another. None of that warranted wearing masks on display for the world in this particular address. It was just foolish. Now, we got Mike in Arvada, a veteran. I want to talk to him when we come back, along with your calls as well, 855-405-8255. Much more sound from Biden himself. Reaction to it, most importantly, from reporters for national news outlets that are on the ground there in Afghanistan and directly refute precisely what Joe Biden was supposed to be assuring us today that Americans still trapped in Afghanistan had easy and ready access to the airport in Kabul. That is false. And again, the best case scenario from today's press conference is that Joe Biden is lying to you. The worst case scenario is that he has no idea what's actually going on and can't process it in real time. Ryan Schuling filling in for Dan Kaplis. You're listening to the Friday edition of the Dan Kaplis Show. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. also keeping a close watch on any potential terrorist threat. 
at or around the airport, including from the ISIS affiliates in Afghanistan who were released from prison when the prisons were empty. And because they are, by the way, and make everybody understand that the, the ISIS in Afghanistan are this have been the sworn enemy of the Taliban. What does that prove and what does that matter? ISIS fighters now released from prison are free to roam around the world like the B-52s just mentioned. They're the sworn enemy of the Taliban. So who are we rooting for here? I feel back in the day like with WWF and Randy Macho Man Savage and Jake the Snake Roberts are wrestling against each other. I was confused as a kid because they're both heels and which one's going to be the good guy now? I don't know. But how are we supposed to choose or differentiate between ISIS and the Taliban? Is that supposed to make us feel better? What does that comment even mean? I want to... (laughs) I want to talk to you about it. 855-405-8255. One more time. That's 855-405-8255. Ryan Schuling filling in for Dan Kaplis. Janice Heil taking your calls at that number. We have several veterans waiting on the line. Thank you all for your service. We'll start with Mike in Arvada. Mike, your thoughts after what you heard from President Biden today. Hi, Ryan. How are you? I'm doing okay. Just trying to kind of make sense of all of this. Uh, yeah, it's purely, it's ridiculous, insane. Uh, I'm a U.S. Navy vet. I, my first thought was, okay, if you had your stuff together, this was supposed to be, this originally started 20 years ago as a coalition effort, NATO. That means a prepared, and I've heard uh, Donald Trump say he had a contingency plan that he would uh, put pressure on the NATO countries to share these uh these fleeing uh, 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 Afghani uh, service people, translators, and the rest that collaborated with us. This this clown has no no sense. He's never. I'm 66 years old. Guy has been 50 years failed. If you look back on his history of, uh, he was on the Foreign Relations Committee during the 70s and 80s. The guy was wrong on everything, mm-hmm. and that's when he had some mental capacity. Right. He was wrong on every foreign policy uh slant you want to do you want to examine it's pathetic it's pathetic mike uh, one thing from you i want to hear and that is we keep hearing about they didn't anticipate the fall of afghanistan this quickly they thought that the army and that the government would hold can you imagine any military endeavor that you would have been a part of where a worst case scenario wasn't just thought about but planned for no yeah. no i i i never saw anything even approaching this kind of pure stupidity, pure lack of uh, strategic awareness. And I was in the service, and I was, I was an upper enlisted, but we always had a worst scenario contingency. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you wanted, to, you wanted to emphasize the positive, and, you know, uh, but you always had a backup for the worst-case scenario. This clown just wanted to pose and cross his fingers and wish that... Uh, Santa Claus would suddenly, in the Easter Bunny, suddenly join hands with the Taliban. And and, and there's there's essentially no difference. They're all ISIS, Al-Qaeda. They're fundamentalist, Islamic radicals. Plain and simple. And that's another point, Mike. Thank you for your service and thank you for your call. Uh, For us to have any kind of faith that the Taliban is going to honor any agreement we have, and I will say this, I fault President Trump for even going down that path. It was 
foolish to begin with to, to even believe that that was possible. And now for Joe Biden to be reassuring the American people that, hey, the Taliban, they're going to let you through if you show your American passport. When we have direct reporting refuting that, that said Americans are being beaten with fan belts from cars and hoses in spite of the fact that they're supposed to be let through because they gave assurances, the Taliban did, to President Biden. Let's go to Brian in the Denver Tech Center, also a veteran, joins us on the Dan Kaplis Show. Brian, good Friday to you. Good Friday to you, Ryan. Thank you. Um, so my biggest thing on this whole issue is this all started back in 2001. We should have never occupied Afghanistan. We should have hit and run. Um hit and run type mentality, you know, this country has not fought a war properly since World War II. Right. The last time we actually executed a proper war. Clear mission, clear goals. Um, we did what we needed to do. You know, we, we uh, trapped Hitler in Berlin. We dropped some nukes on Japan, which is either right or wrong. But it, it brought the war to an end. There was no end in sight. In Afghanistan. So, I mean, we should have never occupied Afghanistan like we did. Yeah, it we sets up. How would you have sorry, described the mission then, Brian? You, you mentioned, I think President Biden has said this, about why we went to Afghanistan in the first place. They provided harbor and shelter for al-Qaeda and for the 9-11 yeah. plots to be hatched and, 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 and executed from there. We should have gone into Afghanistan found all the al-Qaeda we could, decimate them as much as possible, and left. We should have never tried the nation building or the presence. Um, uh, it's, believe me, my, my, my career from the military goes from 1990 to, to 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, 24 years. Um, and I've been part of the whole thing. And it was like I said, we just, we just, we don't know how, well, here's my, going back to the other part. We haven't, fought a war correctly since World War II, when con- Congress would declare a war and just hand it over to the generals. Let now me ask you this. One final question, Brian, because we're coming up on a break. Absolutely. Biden's cut-and-run strategy here, which obviously imploded under the weight of itself, how could this have been done minimizing casualties and complications on the ground? The biggest, his biggest mistake was announcing it yeah, right. months ago, months ago. And it gives uh, uh, the Taliban that. hope, yeah. Yeah, he announced it months ago, and, and it's like, well, that was stupid. <laughs> Why don't you just give them all the full plan? And that's the thing. You telegraph dates. Uh, you, you know, we had... and, and now he, he says he's also telegraphed another date of August 31st. Yeah, why would we box ourselves in? I mean, you want to negotiate from a position of power, from a position of strength, not one of weakness, not one of asking pretty, pretty please with gumdrops. Would you please let our people transport themselves from outlying areas in Afghanistan to the airport in Kabul and then put your fate in the hands of the Taliban, the very tribe that enabled al-Qaeda to kill 3,000 of our American citizens here on our soil on September 11th, 2001. I can't believe these words are coming out of the mouth of an American president, but they are. And I've got plenty more to get to. I also want to play you the sound of the reporters who are there, and they're doing incredible work, talking about Clarissa Ward from CNN, Ian Pinnell from ABC News, and then here back at home, Jennifer Griffin, 
holding John Kirby's feet to the fire, Pentagon spokesperson, on exactly what is the status of al-Qaeda in Afghanistan. The answer may shock you, but it might not surprise. Ryan Schuling filling in for Dan Kaplitz. We're back after this. What is your message to the America's partners around the world who have criticized not the withdrawal, but the conduct of that withdrawal and made, it, made them question America's credibility on the world stage? I have seen no question of our credibility from our allies around the world. What? I've spoken with our NATO allies. We've spoken with NATO allies, the, the Secretary of State. Our national security advisors have been in contact with his counterparts throughout the world. Boris Johnson could not get a hold of President Biden for 48 hours. For two days, the leader of the United Kingdom tried to contact President Biden to figure out just what the hell was going on in Afghanistan, what decisions were being made, why. You know, this was a burden, as one of our previous callers, a veteran, pointed out, was to be shared amongst the members of NATO. There were still British, French nationals in Afghanistan. There were other countries with things at stake here. And Biden went ahead and made a unilateral decision on behalf of them all only to boost his own personal presidential legacy without any thought to the consequences. Again, I said it yesterday, damn the torpedoes. Joe Biden was bound and determined to be known as he was the president who got us out of Afghanistan. No matter what cut and run entailed or meant or the fallout would be or the disastrous consequences would be, that we're watching right now. I want to go back to the phone lines. They are jammed, but there is one line open. 855-405-8255. One more time, 855-405-8255. We'll go first to Dan in Centennial, talking about Biden's recent history. Heck, you can talk about his entire history if you want to. It's all one large pattern following one hey, after Ryan. the other. Dan, good afternoon. Hey, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Hey, I just want to just point out that when we look at the the lies as it's been related to and the mishandling of the border, the lies and the mishandling that he's approved in his administration with the virus, now the lies and the mishandling of Afghanistan combined with a with a questionable election, we are getting the results of an incompetent president, and we're paying the price for it. And unfortunately, people are going to be in big trouble. They already are, Dan, and I'm glad you brought up this point because it leads me to something I wanted to discuss quickly before we go to our other callers, and that is, has the tide turned against Biden? We saw him again with the bait and switch, wag the dog, change the subject, change the news cycle attempt speech on the COVID vaccine booster shots, which was absolutely foolish. Whoever is in the administration that thought that would go over well, that that would turn the page on the news cycle is an idiot and should be fired. There's no way this Afghanistan story was going away. I mean, not even the corporate, mainstream, hard-left news media like MSNBC or the Washington Post, New York Times, NPR, they're not letting this go because there's so much at stake here. You can't not cover it. And how is this being reflected? There's a new civics poll out here. I found this to be very interesting. Biden's approval rating, which had been soaring, if you might recall, before all this started, at least according to a lot of the mainstream polling out there, somewhere in the 
low to mid-50s, I believe, overall. Those numbers have since plummeted. In Colorado here, Biden's approval rating, according to civics, that's spelled with a Q, C-I-V-I-Q-S, you can look this up yourself, is dead even 46-46, and we know what a blue state we live in here. In California, it's 52-39. In New York, it's 50-41. Margins of 13 and 9, respectively. However, in swing states, get a load of this. In Wisconsin, Biden's approval rating is underwater by 9 points. 52-43. Wisconsin was a state that he flipped from Trump in 2016 to Biden in 2020. Looking at other such states on this map. In Michigan, my home state, he's underwater by 10. 52-42. Again, a state that flipped. Pennsylvania, underwater by 9. 51-42. Arizona, another state that he flipped. Underwater by 10. 52-42. Georgia, Underwater by 14, 53, 39. These were the states that Joe Biden flipped, which helped him win the presidency. And get a load of this. The Georgia margin, again, that was a blue state that churned out two blue Democratic U.S. senators in Ossoff and Warnock. Warnock, rather. It is the same margin in Georgia, minus 14, for Joe Biden, that it is right now in Florida. 54, 40, minus 14, to give you a clear picture. Let's go to Jordan in Thornton, who did two tours in Afghanistan himself. Jordan, thank you for that service. Which military branch did you serve in? I was active duty Army Infantry. Fantastic. So anyways, on my, on my first deployment, my unit was tasked with training the Afghan National Army, the ANA. You know, we were there to oversee... The ANA's drill sergeants put their soldiers through boot camp. Um, I mean no disrespect by this, but these ANA soldiers, they're not educated, okay? Right. Half of them could barely read. Um, so just watching these guys train, and then you listen to President Biden say, they're some of the most well-equipped military in the world. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're a bunch of ragtag dudes, which is not their fault. They joined because they needed a source of money. So when I say that the Taliban can't stop these guys with 70,000 soldiers, it's a crock of crap. These guys, they don't have the ability to hold their country. Jordan, was there any truth to it? What years were you there, by the way? Uh, I was there from 2010 to 11, and then 2013 to 14. Okay, so relatively later on in the process, certainly past the midway point of our entire engagement there, Joe Biden claimed, and there were a lot in the news who were pushing back on this number, that the Afghan National Army that you described had 300,000 infantrymen. Was that the case when you were there or anywhere near that number? Um, I don't have exact numbers, but I do remember when their training cycles were over with, and then we would send them off to whatever province they were going to. You know, we did our ceremonial goodbye, nice serving with you, good luck to you. These guys were riding in the back of F-150s, no armor plating. Um, They had machine guns that barely worked. They came out of, you know, the Vietnam War stockpile, uh, ammunition that was older than dirt that maybe it worked, maybe it didn't. (laughs) So now... I'm, and you know how we left everything behind. 
me and my battle buddies, we send each other these links where we're seeing pictures of the Taliban soldiers driving the same exact vehicles that I drove when I was over there. So the mm. Afghan National Army, the ANA, they are not the most well-equipped military out there. Jordan, they final question for you. No- I want to get your thoughts on this as somebody that was there for two different tours. Had you been one of the remaining 2,500 to 3,500 forces that were left to maintain order in the country so that the Afghan National Army could do its thing, that the Afghan government could ward off the Taliban, and you were pulled out by Biden and then sent back in by Biden, as we see now 6,000 troops are required to secure that airport, what would be going through the mind of a typical infantryman under these circumstances with this commander-in-chief? I would be nervous. I would be highly nervous. Because when I was there, ROE was, you know, you can't fire unless fired upon. So I would be on patrol sometimes where I would watch this guy, you know, in just this regular civilian clothes, have an RPG on his back, staring us down. But yet we couldn't do anything about it until he pointed that RPG at us and then fired. That seems like it'd be a little late. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so when they did their last presidential election when I was there, there was an ANA outpost that was, I don't know, maybe a click, click and a half from where they were doing their voting station. And from my guard tower, I watched an entire voting station get waxed by the Taliban. I mean, slaughtered. And the ANA didn't necessarily react because they didn't have the equipment to react. So this whole notion that Joe Biden was telling us that the Afghan National Army was as well-equipped as any in the world, that was fantasy, right? 100%. Yeah, that's what I thought. Jordan, thank you so much for your service. Appreciate everything that you've done for this country. And we'll be talking to the colonel from Parker when we come back after this commercial timeout and get into more of the details again on the reporting on the ground, the eyes and ears that we can trust. You can't trust President Biden. As we just heard, we've been talking about this to people who have served. We want to hear from you as well. 855-405-8255. Biden is either willingly or unknowingly or irrationally or naively providing us with a steady stream of misinformation. And it's got to stop. Ryan Schuling filling in for Dan Kaplis. You're listening to The Dan Kaplis Show. We can't go on together with suspicious minds. And we can build our dreams on suspicious I just want to follow up on something you said a moment ago. You said that there's no no circumstances where American citizens cannot get to the airport. That doesn't really square with the images we're seeing around the airport with the reporting on the ground from our colleagues who are describing chaos and violence. Are you saying unequivocally that any American who wants to get to the airport is getting there and getting past the security barrier and to the planes where they Uh, want to go? I thought the question was, how can they get through to the airport outside the airport? And the answer is, to the best of our knowledge, the Taliban checkpoints, they are letting through people showing American passports. Now, that's a different question when they get in the rush and crowd of all the folks just outside the wall near the airport. That's why we had to, I guess, was it yesterday, the day before, we went over the wall and brought in how many? 
169 Americans. So it is a process to try to figure out how we how we uh, deal with the mad rush of non-Americans, those who didn't help, those who are not on the priority list, just any Afghan, any Afghan to be able to get out of the country. And so my guess is that no matter what, under what circumstances we anyone, there's not a whole lot of Afghanis. Uh, uh, there's a whole lot of Afghanis that just as soon come to America, whether they're any involvement with the United States in the past at all, rather than stay under Taliban rule or any, any, any rule. So what I was saying is that we have an agreement that they will let pass through the checkpoints that they, the Taliban, control. Americans Are you hearing this? Are you hearing what he just said? We have an agreement with a terrorist organization that just engaged in a hostile takeover and coup of a sovereign government in Afghanistan, but we've got to deal with this new regime in place, and they're going to let our Americans through. But if you jump into the jackpot, meaning you actually get to the airport, and now you're mixed in with all the other Afghani nationals trying to get the hell out. Well, we can't accommodate that or make any promises. That's what he just said. I mean, think about just going to the regular airport here at Denver International. Is there any way, like a backdoor entrance you can go to and avoid the crowds and you know people picking up and departing? And No, that's a foolish answer based on a foolish premise by a foolish man, President Joe Biden. Ryan Schuling filling in for Dan Campless, rounding out our number one here with President Biden's national international address on the Afghanistan crisis today. We go to the colonel now in Parker, who has served our country. Colonel, I got to get your thoughts on what you heard today and where this is going in Afghanistan. Well, thank you so much. Uh, Joe Biden, in my opinion, is wallowing in just senseless falsified posture in Afghanistan, I think he's led us uh, from a stable presence there to just abject uh, military defeat in, what, a month, uh, two weeks, seven days. You'd have to choose a starting point. Today, he had the temerity to declare it a mission complete. That plagiarizes G.W. Bush uh, when he was standing on that aircraft carrier with that mission uh, a complete uh, banner up behind him. You may recall that. I does do. He really, does he really imagine himself as a victorious president? I think we're licking our wounds today, and uh, I think it will only worsen. He is uh, completely incompetent. That's beyond Lyndon Johnson, Jimmy Carter, Bill Clinton. I won't even include... Uh, Obama, as he may well be uh, pulling the strings right now, America may be able to uh, stop the bleeding in 2022. That is, if the uh, statistics that you just gave us a few minutes ago hold up. Pretty sad situation, but he's not the answer for sure, and I'm quite certain that uh, Kamala Harris is not as well. And that was kind of a... Sophie's choice of sorts. Colonel, thank you as always for listening and for calling. Uh, Michael Brown, the show previous here on 630 KHOW in Denver, was saying that he would rather at this very moment have Kamala Harris installed as president of the United States. I, I don't know that that's better. It could be just as bad. It might very well be worse. 
Joe Biden has just revealed his, and this has been the story, we heard this from a previous caller who also served our country, and a special thanks to all of our veterans who are listening. We invite you to call in as well and share your thoughts, 855-405-8255. But that Joe Biden's always been base-level incompetent on matters of foreign policy. This is going back to when he was still cognitively intact. Go listen to his speeches in the 70s and 80s when he was part of various committees and panels and gave speeches even in the early 90s. We played this clip, The Contradiction, the other day. Even in the early 2000s, in 2003, he tried to back off the negative connotation of nation building and saying that the alternative in Afghanistan was chaos and that chaos wasn't acceptable. Therefore, nation building had to be the ultimate goal with what we were dealing with. In Afghanistan. Now, he's reversed course on that as if nobody would ever call him on it. We have here and hopefully more nationally will as well. But Joe Biden right now, he is just in the fog. And I mean that literally, figuratively, whatever else way you want to define it. Militarily, we have no end game. We have no out clause. We have no defined mission strategy. And if he's declaring victory now before all of our American citizens are out of that country... I mean, he's premature to say the least. Get back to your calls. Hour number two straight ahead. Ryan Schuling filling in on the Dan Kaplan Show. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.